Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org forward slash. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Come on, let's give Him praise in the house today. Let's give Him praise in the house today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love, and I was in some maximum securities, been preaching a lot, as you can tell by my voice, but I'm not moved by my voice. I'm moved by the Spirit of God that lives within me. I thank God that I can say I have a raspy voice because I've been declaring and decreeing the word of the Lord. Can I get a witness here today? Hallelujah. I love, and I've been in maximum securities. Um, this past week, we did a revival in a, the largest prison in North Carolina. The senior chaplain called and said, we need a revival in this prison. Because many, many wardens are shutting down that they're allowing religious services and the Christian services. And she said, we have been praying. We have been doing prayer walks. We are standing. And as I went in that maximum security prison, and that is what my heart's desire is to do, is to go into the places that are the darkest in our nations. I know that I am called to female inmates. I am called to decree the word of the Lord everywhere there is a need. And there is a special need there. And I love when I go in there and there's hundreds of women that have gathered by choice. And I love starting every service by saying... Can we please give a standing ovation to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? And I say that to you, Global River. Can we please give a standing ovation to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Let us praise him. is so worthy. He is so worthy. And the Bible is very clear in Romans 13, 7, where it says to give honor where honor is due. I honor Pastor Tom and First Lady Jenny in this house. I honor them for the price that they have paid for the presence of God to rest upon this church. I honor Pastor Willie and Pastor Nafsa this morning. I honor them as they have one of the greatest Spanish churches that I've ever had the honor of being in. And the presence of God that rests upon that service is forever changing, forever changing our city. In the name of Jesus, I honor Pastor Terry. And I have all of you gifts this morning when I come into a house. I believe in honoring the prophets to the house. Our ministry has exploded and it's exploded. I believe without a doubt that we honor Jesus Christ and we honor the men of God and the women of God in our very city that are a light. And I honor my spiritual mother, Pat Walls, that is here today. I honor her. Where are you, Pat? I honor you. She and Phil were used mightily in my life. I'm so excited to be at Global River. 
I've been mightily blessed through this ministry. I was trained in deliverance through Pastor Tom in this ministry. My family has experienced deliverance through this ministry. So this is a very, very, very special house to me. And it is truly an honor to be here. But I love the scripture in Revelation 12, 11 that says, And they overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Every time we give a testimony to the blood of Jesus Christ, we are overcoming. And every time we hear a testimony of what God has done in somebody's life, we are encouraged to overcome. So I say to you this morning, I am a Jesus freak. I am a woman that loves him with all of my heart. I am a a daughter of the Most High God that understands the great I am lives inside of me. And everywhere I go, I give him glory. I give him glory. See, you must understand my testimony at the age of 31. I was clinically depressed. My husband was sending me to the best psychologist in this city. But when you need a touch from God, a psychologist cannot heal you. They may be used of God, but they cannot heal you at the level that Jesus can. I was a fourth generational religious cult member. My great-great-grandfather started a cult that is now globally known. And I was in that system. I was in a religious cult. I did not know any better. Some of us are just raised and we don't know any better until we meet Jesus and he shows us a better way. And while I was in that system, I was sexually abused all of my life. From 4 to 15, I was sexually abused by many predators. At the age of 9, I was raped and thrown in a lake for dead. But Jesus Christ had mercy on my life. So at 31, when I had my baby girl, every bit of the abuse came flooding back in my life. And I did not know what to do with it because I had religion, but I did not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Religion will not heal you. Religion will kill you. But a relationship with Jesus will change your life forever. So when I met him... I was suicidal. I could not be a mother. I could not be a wife. I could not function. And the only thing I thought I could do was put a gun to my head and kill myself in the marsh that I lived in. But God said, no, I'm going to have mercy on her life. And I will never forget the day that even though me and my husband had religion, he did not pray for me. Religion will not make you pray for somebody. You will say rote prayers that really don't make a difference. But I'll never forget the day when I walked in the house and I looked at him as I had collapsed in the living room. And I'll never forget, he put his hand upon my back. And I was weeping and I said, Dave, you only have two options. You can go and lock me up. My mind was so messed up. There were many demons that were visiting me because of generational curses. There were many demons that were trying to destroy me. And I did not have the power of the blood of Christ applied to me. But I will never forget what he said that started a change. He put his hand on my back as I was weeping. And I gave him the option of getting me a gun. I was so desperate. 
And he said to me as he put his hand on my back, he said, Jesus, have mercy on my wife. And for the first time in my life, I felt peace hit my body. See, let me tell you something, and I'm going to be preaching about mercy today. When you cry out for the mercy of God, that day when he cried out, Jesus, have mercy, all of heaven came to attention and said, what is going on at 738 Scotts Hill Loop Road in Wilmington, North Carolina? Somebody has reminded heaven of the mercy of God. And when you remind heaven of God's mercy, all of a sudden you are reminding heaven of the cross and the blood that came down that paid the price for everything that you have need of in your life. The mercy of God changes everything. And I felt peace in my body. I slept that night. And I hadn't slept in months. And within two weeks, Pastor, I was born again. I was full of the Holy Ghost. And over 20-something demons were cast out of me. I do not mind telling you that. Because when you have suffered abuse, as I had suffered abuse, the demonic had put their, their beings in my soul realm. But when Jesus, when Jesus showed up in my life, those demons had to go. When I knew my father loved me, those demons could have no place. And I am telling you, I am telling you that today is your day for freedom. Look at your neighbor say, today's your day. Look on the other side. Say, today's your day. You know, in the church, we need not pretend we need a touch. Come on now. In the church... We need not pretend that the enemy has been attacking our families. In the church, we need to be real today. Who needs a touch from God? Just put your hand up right now. The whole house should have your hand up. Every one of us needs to go deeper in God. Every one of us needs a touch from God. Every one of us needs to remind God of his mercy on our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I feel the Holy Ghost up in here today. Hallelujah. Lord, I will obey you. I will obey you, Lord. Recently, as, and I haven't shared this anywhere, and the Lord told me worship, and he said, you can share now. Because you understand what I'm going to say. Recently, when I was in my house, the Holy Spirit said, go outside. Go out on the patio. And I walked out on the patio, Pastor. And it was literally like those of you that's traveled to the mountains. You know, if you get to the top of the mountain, you can literally see the clouds just go right by you. I've never seen this. And literally, I saw a cloud just go right by me. And I said, Holy Spirit, what is that? He said, for my people that are ready, I am ready to bring heaven to earth for them. For my people that are ready. 
What that says to me is you're ready for heaven to come to earth. Let me tell you, when heaven invades your life, all your prayers start getting answered. When heaven invades your life, depression and anxiety have to leave. When heaven invades your life, cancer has to bow at the name of Jesus. When heaven invades your life, death starts to dissolve right before you. When heaven invades your life, your body is full of the Holy Spirit and the shadow anointing will come upon you. And when you walk by people, they will know that you serve God and His Spirit is within you. When heaven invades your life, your children come back to God. When heaven invades your life, addictions bow at the name of Jesus. When heaven invades your life, everything changes. Everything changes. The Holy Spirit is so real here today. So real is his presence here today. Global River, do not take for granted what you have. Do not take for granted the freedom. Do not take for granted that children feel free to worship God unabandoned. Do not take for granted that anyone can get a flag and glorify God. Do not take for granted that you can worship God. Do not take. The word that I have for you today is a strong word. I don't know how to give out milk. I don't know how to preach motivational sermons. I don't know how to make you feel good. I just want to bring you word and he'll make you feel good. Can I get a witness? I remember there was a church and they said, we love you, but we can't have you. I said, why can't you have me? I was thinking it's because I was a woman preacher. They said, you're too deep. You're too deep for us. We want to feel good. There's going to be a lot of people feeling good and end up in hell. Can I get a witness here? It's not about making us feel good. If we aren't called to go deeper, then what are we doing in church? If we aren't being convicted that we haven't witnessed to somebody this week, what are we doing in church? If we haven't realized as a child of God, when you step in a room, the atmosphere shifts automatically. What are we doing in church? We say we have the great I am within us. The God of the universe dwells within us. Then he has to radiate out of us. And I believe everyone in this service today that when you walk out these doors, you will have a radiation of the Holy Spirit. It will be like you've been in a nuclear power plant and you're going to light up the darkness. You're going to do things that you've always dreamed of because of the Holy Spirit within you. Look at your neighbor and say, get your seatbelt on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo. I feel like I'm up in a prison, I'll be honest. Only in a prison can you preach like this. Those women are desperate. When I asked God, I said, why do I feel more of you in a maximum security than I do in most churches? And the Holy Spirit says they're desperate for me and they're crying out for me. The people of God in the church need to get desperate for my presence. They need to get desperate for my presence. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet and let's honor the Word of God. And you can open up your iPad, your iPhone, your Samsung, your Android, whatever you have. Or go old school with me today and just open up your Bible. 
I love the millennials and the Generation Zs. They are technology giants, and God's going to use them and is using them amazingly in that world. Open your Bibles to Mark chapter 10. We're going to begin at verse 46. And the title of this sermon is, Are You Stuck? Look at your neighbor say, Are You Stuck? Look on the other side and say, it's time to get unstuck. (laughs) Hallelujah. Mark chapter 10, beginning at verse 46, I will be reading the New King James Version. It says, now they, this is speaking of Jesus and his 12 disciples and the many, many thousands that followed him. Now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples And a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and he came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? People of God. I believe that's what he's saying to us today. What do you want me to do for you? Come on now, think on that. What do you want me to do for you, the Lord is saying. What is your deepest desire? What is your deepest need? What has caused you to feel stuck? We need to be real with God today. We need to examine ourselves today. And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus on the road. You may be seated. I love the context of this scripture. The context of this scripture is that Jesus had set his face to go to Jerusalem. Jesus had set his face to go and die for mankind. He had set his face to go to Jerusalem. He had even told his 12 apostles, he had told them, I am going to suffer, I am going to die, and in three days I am going to come back and I am going to rise again. But we see that they didn't really understand that later on in the scripture. And how many of us have had God tell us something and we don't understand it because for some reason the enemy is blocking us. And in the name of Jesus, I remove every block. I remove every lie. I remove every doubt of the enemy now in the name of Jesus Christ off of everyone under the sound of my voice. The blocks have been lifted now in the name of Jesus Christ. Go! According to the authority of Luke 10, 19. Jericho was approximately 18 miles from Jerusalem. And healing Bartimaeus that you just heard me read in this scripture. 
healing Bartimaeus was Christ's last mercy act on this earth. Of all the people that he could stop and heal, he healed the one that dared to cry out and stop him. Jesus had his face set to Jerusalem. He was coming for many, many, many worlds and before time to do but one blind beggar caused him to stand still. One blind beggar changed the course of history that day. One blind beggar that came from a line of beggars. Theologians said, son of Timaeus, they believed that Timaeus was a beggar. Therefore, he had taught his son how to be a very good beggar. How many of us today? I was in that number. I was a beggar of God. I didn't really believe God would heal me. I didn't believe as I would read the scripture in a religious cult because I never saw anything happening. I was a beggar. People would say, beg harder. They would tell you to come up and receive the Holy Spirit. And I saw people beg and beg and beg and leave that altar in that cult so depressed because God did not give them what they asked. And I remember thinking adamantly, why even ask? You are not a beggar to God. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, if you are a son or a daughter of the Most High God, you are not a beggar. You don't have to beg him to heal you. You don't have to beg him to set you free. You have over 600 promises in the word of God. And I'll never forget when I heard that God's will was to heal. I mean, I, I, I couldn't believe it, Pastor. I'd seen people sick all their lives. I'd seen people struggle all their lives. And to really think that God could heal was astounding to me as a person. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I thought you had to beg and then you weren't even sure you were going to get it. But let me tell you, blind Bartimaeus did not stop crying out to God till he got his attention. And let me tell you, you got his attention this morning. You've already had his attention this morning. And you do not have to beg him for anything. It is the good pleasure of God to bless you and to give you. And the Bible says that healing is the children's bread. So we as the people of God do not have to beg him. He is not healing us based on us. He is healing us based on what he did before you ever took your first breath. Just believe him. I've told this story before, but this story rocked my world about not begging God. There's a difference in begging and a difference in receiving. There's such a difference. And if you read the Bible, as I know you all do, everywhere Jesus went, he healed them all. I know that's debated. I've heard people say, well, all doesn't really mean all. No, all means all. All means all. 
You can't, we can't twist that. And it's so amazing. And, and so many of those people didn't even know him as Savior. I mean, they didn't even know. They were just on the roadside touching his garment. He was just so anointed that they were just touching him. And so when, when God sent me into maximum security prisons and I was the death row pastor and, and then at one time for a warden, Bianca Harris, I was the hospice pastor in the big hospital that holds women that are very, very sick. And I remember I walked in this room and we were handing out Bibles and, and I walked in this room and you can tell when you walk in the room of someone that participates in witchcraft. It's very obvious you hit a wall in the spirit realm. And sometimes there's even an odor like sulfur. You can smell it in the, the spirit realm. And that day I was just my jovial self in Jesus and going by room to room. We were passing out Bibles and I was so excited about passing out beautiful leather Bibles. And I went in this room and there was this woman and she looked very, very sick. And she was locked up in the hall where the terminally ill people were. And so I went in and I was like, do you want a Bible? And everybody was like, yes, we want a Bible. We want. And she said, no, I don't want a Bible. I'm a witch. I thought, well, there we go. I mean, literally, I, I'm being honest with you. I didn't even really know what to do. I was just standing there looking and smiling, thinking, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? Literally, I'm being honest with you. I know y'all would have been superstars and started speaking in tongues and binding everything. But I just said. And I literally heard the Holy Spirit speak so strongly. And he said, love her like Jesus would. And I remember I looked at her and I said, may I sit down on your bed? And she said, yes, yes. And we're talking and, and I said, you know, you don't want a Bible. And she said, but you know what's funny? My daughter is a Christian. I said, really? I like that. She said, I knew you would. <laughs> and I was so excited. And, and she said, but I do not want your Bible. I said, that's all right. And I just talked with her. And I remember I felt this incredible love hit in my body. And I was just talking with her. And I said to her, I said, may I pray with you? And she looked at me and she hesitated. And she said, sure, go ahead. I said, now listen. When I pray with you, I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. And I'm believing for him to heal you. What is wrong with you? And she said, I have lung cancer. I said, okay. And so I remember putting my hand upon her. And I said, Lord, I'm asking you to touch her right now. And I'm asking you to heal her. It was amazing, the anointing that I felt. And then I, I went on down the room, and she was like, well, thank you for praying. I said, amen, I believe that you are going to be healed, that you're healed. And she said, well, thank you. And then I remember we were getting ready to leave, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, take her a purple Bible for her daughter. And I said, okay. And I went in there and I said, the Holy Spirit told me to bring you this purple Bible. She said, oh, my goodness, that is her favorite color. How would you know that? I said, I did not know that. That's the Holy Spirit. Literally, as we would go every month, she would little by little come out in the room where we were doing devotional. And I saw her one day and she was looking at me and I was looking at her. And she called me over and she said, Jennifer, I've just come back from the doctor. And they said, I don't have lung cancer anymore. 
She said, they must have made a mistake, and I have an infection. I said, they did not make a mistake. Jesus healed you. And she said, I'm telling you, this stuff is powerful. I'm about ready to come on over to your side. I said, let me tell you something. I love it when witches come to our side because you understand the power of darkness so you don't have a problem using the power of the supernatural God within you. And I am telling you that she did come to Jesus Christ. And why? Because he healed her. He healed a witch. He healed them all. So I don't know why I keep lingering there, but he loves to heal his people. He loves to heal his people. Are you stuck? The definition of stuck is unable to move from a particular position or place. Unable to change a situation. I know there's some mamas in the house can relate to that right there. Because we southern mamas... Love to change everything for our children. Can I get a witness here? You know what I'm saying? Don't mess with our kids. Can I get a witness here? Even when they groan, the Holy Spirit has to say, hold yourself back. They groan now. But unable to change. How many women did that hit home? That you can't change a situation for your child. You can't change that they're in rebellion. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit can change everything that you are unable to change in your children. When the Lord downloaded this to me, he said, ask them, are they stuck in a past relationship in their mind that they just cannot get past? See, the enemy, I have you stuck in a past relationship. I've dealt with women in counseling, and they're still talking about their husband that left them 25 years ago. I'm like, sister, it's time to let the man go. Come on now. God's not going to send you a new man if you're still holding on to that one. Can I get a witness here? You've got to let it go. When God removes people out of your life, let them go. Let them go. Don't blame yourself. Let them go. If you married to somebody dumb enough to leave you, let them go. And you a woman or a man of God, and they talking about, I'm not in love with you anymore. Say, I do feel sorry for you, honey, because you're walking out on a lot of good stuff with me. Let them go. Are you stuck in sickness? Are you stuck in addiction? Are you stuck in debt? The Holy Spirit told me when I wrote that, he said, there are going to be people there today that in the natural there is no way you can get out of debt. And God is telling me to tell you in the supernatural, he is going to get you out of debt. And it's going to happen so suddenly. It's going to happen so fast that you will have to give God the glory. If, in fact, you came up here today. And you gave these tithes. Come on now. You don't want to rob God. It's not he needs your money. He needs your obedience. He's obedience over sacrifice. I've had people tell me I can't afford to tithe. I'm telling you, you can't afford not to tithe. And if you are a tither, the Bible says distinctly, and this word is true over everything else. The Bible says he will open the windows of heaven and give you so much that if you had a barn, you aren't able to keep it. 
No, he's not floating down Benjamins. But he could be floating down promotions. He could be floating down jobs. He could be floating down all of a sudden for somebody to come up to you and say, the Holy Spirit told me to give this to you. What is that to God? And he'll do it through unexpected people. When you start making people your God, that's a problem. You cry out to God to erase your debt. You cry out to God to get your children back in church. You cry out to God to heal your mind. You cry out to God to heal your body. You cry out to God, as we read in the scripture, stuck in depression and anxiety. I love that this this scripture this morning that we've read, that it says that it happened in Jericho. Jericho was very much like Wilmington, North Carolina. It was a resort town. It was a town with a lot going on. It was a town with a lot of prosperity. It was a town where there was a lot of movement. But if you were going through that town as Jesus and his 12 disciples and the people that followed him, lots of activity. But there was a man sitting on the side of the road who was stuck. His name was Blind Bar. He was stuck because he was blind. But I say to you under the anointing, it wasn't just he was blind. He was stuck because of generational curses that come through his family line. Are you stuck this morning in your mind over something that someone has said over you? Pastor mentioned it this morning. And I thought that is just like the Holy Spirit. Stuck in your mind because your daddy told you you would never live up to anything. I remember hearing my biological father say that you are such an embarrassment to this family because I was such a nervous child I was being molested and nobody was doing anything and I was stuck as a little girl how many of you are stuck because of somebody that said something over you somebody that's hurt you and it's ringing in your head and it looks like even people in the church are getting blessed left and right and there you are stuck you can't even get the belief to come I've been there before we've all been in the wilderness before and that's when I get in the anointing churches like Global River I sit in the anointing because the anointing in Isaiah 10 27 will break the yokes and the bondages off of your life if you are stuck in any area and do not feel any condemnation Romans 8 1 says there is no condemnation every one of us in this room has been stuck before every one of us whether we're prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers, preachers, every one of us, mothers and children, every one of us have been stuck. And I was reminded this morning, as I got up very early, getting in very late from an engagement last night, and the Holy Spirit said, remind them in 2 Kings 13, 26 or 36, where he was talking about that the people of Israel were actually burying a man. He was dead. He was dead and they were burying him. And all of a sudden, the Syrian raiders came forward and they were burying a dead man. The man was dead. Can I get a witness? Look at your neighbor say, she said the man was dead. He was dead. And all of a sudden, they took this dead man and they threw him in a cave. Little did they know the bones of Elisha were in that cave. 
Elisha was so anointed. And I don't know about you, but I've never heard a dead man pray. Come on now. I've never heard a dead man say, can you help me? I'm dead. No, I don't think so. But the anointing will get past that you can't pray anymore. I've been before in my life, even as a Christian, I could not pray. And what I would do is I would get around the anointing. I would come to churches like this where the anointing starts flowing. And all of a sudden you feel your prayers coming back. The anointing will help you get unstuck this morning. I don't even know if that's proper grammar, and I was an English teacher, but you need to get unstuck. It's time to dream bigger. There was blind Bartimaeus sitting there, stuck. And he was a good beggar. He'd been trained to beg. But let me tell you, when you're blind, you hear. I don't know what the enemy has taken from you. I don't know if it's an addiction. See, I got the house of hope, and God's opened that door, and it's nothing for me. People talk about I'm addicted to meth, or I'm addicted to heroin, and I'm like, and that's nothing for my God. Stand up, Megan. Here's my house of hope, girl, right here. Delivered from meth, delivered from heroin, <laughs> clean and free. And we don't stop there, do we, Megan? But God has given her her children back, and they live at the house of hope with her. We don't stop there. We don't stop there. I'll never forget the day when Pender County Jail, I'm just being led of the Holy Ghost. If y'all got me on a clock, tell me when to stop. Can I get a witness? I'll never forget that day when this baby came to Christ. And I'd never seen anybody enter that jail like Megan. I, there was no life in her. Her eyes were like staring in a shark's eyes. There was no life. She was one of the meanest looking girls I'd ever dealt with. Sister was mean. I knew she was mean. But she was in depression. She was heavily addicted to meth. She had sores all over her face. She had sores all over her body. Because meth would make her think that she had something on her bite in her. But it was nothing but a demon from hell wrapped up in a meth needle. And I'll never forget she would listen to the gospel. And when she walked to me one day and she came over and sat beside me. And see, all I do is I lean into every bunk. And I say, I love you. I love you. I just want to get their eyes, whether they're dead or they're alive. I just want to look in their eyes. Because I understand when they look in my eyes, they are looking at the eyes that God has healed and God has delivered. And love is radiating out of my eyes. And I'll never forget that day when she came to the table and she said, Chaplain, I want to make Jesus my Savior. And I remember a lifeless young lady. I said, repeat after me, baby. And she repeated the sinner's prayer. And literally life came in her body at a level I've never seen. Love came in her body. And they still talk about it. The girls in jail still talk about it. They said that girl changed. She had black eyes. And all of a sudden she was alive. And I'll never forget. And I'm just obeying the Holy Spirit. She's going to be um, giving her testimony soon. But I'll never forget. When she looked at me, she had charges in three counties. And we got a judge up in the house. This is hard stuff. When you got in three states, two states, three counties, all I knew is she had a big rap sheet going on and there were a lot of felonies. You know what I'm saying? 
But you got to understand, both of her parents were drug addicts. She was raped at the age of four. All of her childhood was predators in and out of her mother's house. I'm just being real with y'all. I need y'all to get real in the body of Christ. That the gospel can heal anybody. And I'll never forget when Megan said to me, she said, do you think God can let me come to the house of hope? I said, girl, what you talking about? I said, you are no longer your own. You have been bought with a price. And my God can do miracles. All of a sudden, I talked with her attorney, and I said, I want, I want Megan DeSorry to come to the house. He said, you've, you've already accepted her? I said, I've already accepted her. He said, you realize she's got charges in three different counties? I said, I am well aware of that. I said, let's take it one county at a time. Can I get a witness here? And so in Pender County, where this beautiful little angel baby who's my daughter now, she'll tell you my mama's Jennifer Costum. This angel right here had done a huge crime spree. In Pender County, it was her worst charges were there. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the district, the district um, attorney in the, in the courthouse that day, they said, we're going to drop all these felonies, and we're going to give her two misdemeanors. That was one county down and two to go. And all of a sudden, in Lancaster, South Carolina, just two weeks ago, I had the district attorney call me and said, are you Jennifer Costa at the House of Hope? I said, I am. And, and she said, do you still have Megan DeSora? I said, Megan DeSora is seven months clean and has her two children with her. And DSS has helped us place them with her. And she said, is she still at the House of Hope? I said, she's going to be there to November 2020. And to be honest, she ain't never leaving. She's a part of my family now. And she said, will you tell Mr. Sorrow I am dropping her felonies as long as she finishes that program in November 2020. You call this office personally and you tell me she's still clean. And I can tell you everything will be erased. However, tell her if she doesn't, I will prosecute her at the highest level of the law that will allow me. And when I went to Megan and I went in and I went in screaming, Megan, Megan, Megan. I mean, I'm screaming. She was like, what is it, mama? What is it? What is it? I said, baby, your charges have been dropped. You are free now in the name of Jesus Christ. All three counties, you are free. Look at God. Look at God. He can do it. Do you love him? Yes. You can't make it without him. Go on, girl. Did you cry out in that jail? I cried out the night before. Come on, tell him what happened. The night before, my biological mother and my stepfather, who we won't even go into that. Let's just say he's a predator. Um, They left me and my ex sitting at a store in Rocky Point in a stolen car. And I remember that night. He had went to sleep, and I was just sitting there, and I wasn't saved at the time. I grew up in church, but I wasn't saved. And I was sitting there, and I said, you've got to do something. I can't do this anymore. I'd been addicted. I'd been drinking since I was 12. I started pain pills at 16, and I got on heroin at 21, and then meth at 22. Got hep C, which I'm healed in the name of Jesus in two more days. She is $90,000 worth of medication. Duke made it happen. Can I get a witness here? Given to her. Given to her. But I was like, I can't do this anymore. God, you got to do something. And that next morning, my ex stole the car. 
I got in the car with him. We went on a high-speed chase, and we got stopped. And they locked us up. And I had done, like, driving under suspension a day in jail, stuff like that. I had never in my life not been able to sign myself out. And about a month later, I got to say March 26th of 2019, she came in and she spoke on the Good Samaritan Woman. And from then on, everything changed. They were going to send me to prison for 39 months. And I had nine felonies and three misdemeanors. I got three misdemeanors on my record. Don't tell me God can't do it. She cried out in that jail. She is free. And when she graduates November the 29th, 2019, she will become staff at the House of Hope in Wilmington, North Carolina. What has got you stuck? You must be like Megan. I didn't have that in my notes. She didn't know I was going to call her up. You got to cry out. You got to cry out to Jesus Christ. Do you understand when blind Bartimaeus, when he cried out, he said, Jesus, son of David. What he was saying is you are the Messiah. You are what I've waited for. And there he was crying out. And the Bible says in the Amplified that they severely censored him and told him to shut up crying out. When you start crying out, people that should be supporting you will tell you, you can't believe that. They were beggars. When Megan was in jail and she was believing in Rockingham to be able, that I was going to come and get her. People in jail, instead of encouraging her, they were saying, you are crazy. You're facing 39 months. There's no way you're getting out of this one. And you better tell that chaplain not to drive here to get you. But she started crying out and ignoring them. And that's what you have to do. Because when you start crying out, like blind Bartimaeus started crying out. And he's sitting stuck by the road. You got to understand. You got to cry out to Jesus. You need to get off of Facebook. You need to get off your cell phones. You need to quit texting people. And you need to cry out to Jesus. You need to quit being disappointed. Well, I couldn't get up with her, and I thought she was a woman of God, and I need her to pray for me, and I can't even get up with her. I don't know what she's doing. She's so annoying. Get over it. Nobody can heal you but Jesus. You don't need to depend on a person. That's why I quit laying hands on people because I'm in maximum securities and you cannot touch them. And I ask God to touch them and they're getting miracles and they're getting healed and they're getting released out of nowhere because they're crying out to Jesus. Quit waiting on a man to lay hands on you or a woman. I don't care how anointed you think they are. They are not Jesus. There's a shift. Superstar Christianity is over. Cry out for yourself. And God will heal you. Two kind of chatter. 
people around you will tell you, don't you believe that? Don't you believe that? He didn't even hear him. Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. And then there's the chatter in your mind. The chatter of what's been said over you. The chatter of what you know that you've done yourself. I tell people all the time, I'm like, you don't know how bad I was. Why can I go and take a prostitute into my arms that reeks of heroin, that reeks, has infections in their disease? You don't know how bad I was. Let me tell you something. The enemy would try to tell you, you're not worthy of that. I saw you last night. And I am decreeing to you today that you need to cry out. Stop that chatter in your mind. Stop that chatter around yourself. If you have to lock yourself up with God and God alone and put down the newspaper, put down Facebook, put down Instagram, put down people that aren't saved, put them out of your life and cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. God touched me when I was by myself. God sealed me a many a night by myself when I have invited him to touch me and remind me of the lies that I had even bought into before as a Christian, believing that you had to do this and this and this. You know what I'm talking about, Pastor Willie, all these formulas given to us that you got to do this and you got to do that. All blind Bartimaeus did was cry out to Jesus and recognize he was the Messiah. All that witch did was let me lay hands on her. And Jesus revealed himself to her. She wasn't worthy to get healed. We're not worthy to get healed. God's looking at his son that made us worthy to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. And the very ones that were telling him to be quiet, the Bible said, they said, rise up, be of a good cheer. He's calling you. You start crying out to Jesus. And the ones that told you you were crazy will say, rise up, girl. You got it going on. Can I get a witness? I remember when I told people I'm going to be a preacher. I remember. The denomination I was in said I couldn't preach because I was a woman. I guess they had never read about De Deborah that led the whole nation. Can I get a witness here? I guess they never read about Mary that carried the word for nine months and then they want to tell me I can't carry it now. They're too late. Can I get a witness here? Oh, no, I'm carrying the word. You're carrying the word. And the very ones that told me I was crazy now, they partnered with the ministry. And they said, you know, I, I, I thought you were crazy, but by God, look at what he's doing in your life. I can't ignore it. There was blind Bartimaeus crying out, and everybody was telling him to be quiet. And then Jesus stood still and said, bring him here. Bring him here. Can you imagine how quiet it got? Can you imagine that loud noise? All the crowds walking with Jesus. And then all of a sudden he said, stop. 
And Jesus says, stop. All of creation goes quiet. He said, breathe in there. But let me tell you something. I love Mark 10, 15. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. The Bible says that blind Bartimaeus cast his robe off of him. You got to understand blind men wore certain robes that screamed they were blind. The Holy Spirit told me today, get rid of the labels off of yourself. Get rid of the labels. Though, I'll never forget when I was diagnosed with cancer. One time I said, my cancer. The Holy Spirit said, that's not your cancer. That's not your cancer. I took that cancer on the cross. That's not your cancer. Don't you ever say it's yours. If you decree that it's yours, you will not be healed. Get rid of it. 2015, I took that robe off. Can I get a witness? Then in 2018, when it came back, because Satan was mad, the Holy Spirit told me that the enemy was going to try to kill me. And I was thinking a car wreck or some other way or a pimp that was upset because of the girls. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit told me cancer had returned. And I went back to Cancer Centers of America, and the mammogram said clear. And I said to them, no, it's not clear. And then they put an ultrasound on me immediately and found the tumor like that where I told them it was. But a 3D mammogram missed it because Satan was trying to kill me. And I'll never forget when the oncologist called me and the doctor called me and he called me on Good Friday last year. See, you got to understand, I was so happy I'd heard from God. So I didn't have fear of cancer. I knew by his stripes he'd healed me the first time. And if he did it one time, he's going to do it again. And the Holy Spirit told me this was the final time, that it was an attack. And when my oncologist told me, you don't even carry the gene, we don't even know why it came back. I knew why it came back. Because of all the women inmates that are coming to Christ. Because of all the healings that's happening in the churches. Because of all the salvations that's hidden in the churches. And I'm telling you, when he called me on Good Friday, he apologized. He said, you know, Miss Costo, I probably ruined your weekend. I said, no, 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 no. You didn't ruin my weekend. I said, this is Good Friday. He said, I don't understand. I said, this is Good Friday. This is when Jesus conquered death. So he conquered death. Cancer's not a problem to him. This is a good phone call, I'm telling you. He said, I've never dealt with a woman like you in all my life. I said, because I understand what Good Friday means. And I'm telling you, I'm cancer free. My oncologist, Dr. Barb, looked at me, and she said, Honey, we consider you cured. And we don't say that about a lot of women. I am telling you, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed and made whole. And I have cried out. He threw the robe off. He threw the robe off. Throw the label off. You're not ADD. You're highly anointed. The most creative, anointed people I know, they tell me I had, they, they would definitely say I had ADD. Can I get a witness if they could just see me? Boom, 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 boom. My daughter said, Mama, I think you're ADD. I said, I'm not ADD. I'm highly, highly anointed, baby. I've got so much going on in my mind right now. No. Throw off the label of sick. Throw off the label of cripple. Throw off the label of a nobody. Because you've got 
Jesus' attention. Throw off the label of your rap sheet. Throw off your label that your child's disappointed you. You're going to be disappointed if you have a child. You have any pride in your life, just have a child and it will be destroyed. Can I get a witness here today? <laughs> David and Rebecca got rid of all pride I could even think about. They have a way of doing it. Can I get a witness? Let them go in rebellion. Act like they've been raised by some famous rapper talking way. You're like, I'm going to get a whole bottle of this washing soap to your mouth. <laughs> They're paid to talk like that. You're not paid to talk like that. You're going to pay for talking like that. I'm telling you, go on. It's the truth, isn't it? You're like, no, they paid to say all that. You ain't getting a dime. You're going to pay up in this house. No, throw off the labels. Quit blaming yourself, mamas. If your children's in rebellion, take off that coat that you did it. Come on, get rid of it today. Get rid of it. You did not do that. The devil did that to your children. It could be a generational curse. Throw off the label of poverty. Throw off the label of no education. I was the first generation that ever went to college in my life. Throw off the label of not having enough money. I remember when I started talking to my wallet. We went through a recession. I went into feeling like I was all that in a bag of chips. I couldn't even buy a chip. Can I get a witness? And I remember talking to my wallet. Jesus talked to the fig tree. Why are you scared to talk to your wallets? I commanded. I said, you're going to be full of Benjamins. I do crazy stuff. Like I'll go sit outside of Wells Fargo. I'll sit outside of Wells Fargo. And I said, thank you, Lord, that I'll have millions of dollars in that bank. And I will use it for the glory of God. I will use it for millions of inmates. I'll even go start building a house for the men, Lord. I'll do what it takes. But I thank God that you're going to transfer wealth into my bank account. I'm telling you, decree and declare things. Decree what you want, not what you have. Decree when you see your children, quit fussing at them and start loving them back into the kingdom. Come on now, mamas, you can give them a mouthful. They come up in my house, I'm going to give them all kinds. No, you give them the love of God and you'll find them coming around you a lot more. Can I get a witness here? He took off the label. Take off doubt. Take it off. Take off shame. Take off abuse. Take off everything. And then my final point this morning. When he stood before Jesus and Jesus asked him, he said, what do you want me to do for you? I've thought about that so many times. I'm thinking, you know, he's blind. Why are you even asking that? But you're God and I'm not. So there's a reason going on here that I need some help. And it's because when you have God's attention, you need to ask him for your deepest need. He could have asked him for money. He could have asked him for a house. He could have asked him for food. He could have asked him for a lot of things. But blind Bartimaeus needed him to fix what got him stuck I need revelation knowledge to hit you. What's got you stuck? Is it fear? 
Is it doubt? Is it abuse as a child? Is it a mother or father's words over you? Is it a teacher's words over you? Is it even a preacher that, that said something the wrong way and you've been offended and, and, and you don't understand why your prayers aren't being answered? It's because you've been offended and offense will cause you not to hear clearly. You're hearing that offense. You're hearing what they've done to you. Let me tell you, the most glorious thing you can ever do is take off the robe of unforgiveness in your life. That you forgive everybody. That you release them. You're not endorsing what they've done. Megan and I did, does not endorse the rape or molestation of children. But as long as we had those robes of unforgiveness, we were tied to that past. It's time to take that you may say, and I, I think about my own life, I was an alcoholic. I'm not at all an alcoholic now. And I'm telling you that if Jesus had said to me, what is your greatest need when I was in the world and I was, had cotton mouth and laying on a bed and not even remembering the night before, what if I'd said, get rid of this alcohol addiction? I would have ended up with something else. Because my deepest need was that abuse, that sexual abuse that was done to me as a little girl that messed up my whole mind. What is your deepest need? What has made you feel like your family's stuck? What has made you feel like maybe you're stuck in a job and you're ready for a promotion, but yet you, you really don't, you don't feel bold enough to ask for that today? Today is your day. And here's the truth. Those of you that don't really know Jesus as your Savior, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that people can say they're a Christian, but they're no different than they were before. If there's not been a life change, then you have not met the life changer, Jesus. I am not the same woman I used to be at all. That woman died 24 years ago. I can look in the mirror. I don't even recognize who I am anymore because of Jesus. When, when Megan met Christ, literally she changed before my very eyes. Many times people have had a run-in with God and they feel like they've surrendered their life to God. But if there has not been a change for your desires to be changed, for how you live to be changed, if you are just like the world, then you have not met Jesus. And if you don't know him, you will always be stuck. You will always be stuck fighting the same battles in the middle of drama. If you got a lot of drama around your life, come back to Jesus. He is not about drama. You know what I'm talking about. People always got drama, always this going on, always that going on, always got a crisis, something's wrong. You stuck. And it's time to not be stuck anymore. If you are here today, and Pastor Willie has already offered this, you are here today, and you have not have a life change. A life change. My whole desire's changed. Everything about me changed when I met him. Everything. And the main thing is I wanted to read the word. I wanted to hear him talk to 
If that's you have not had that life change, do not leave this place without having that life change. What I'm going to do today, as I do in maximum security prisons, you don't need to be touched. You only need Jesus. I agree with Catherine Kuhlman. I totally agree with her when she said that people don't have to wait in lines for me to touch them. The Holy Spirit can touch everyone here. How many of you today, and let's be honest, you're in the hospital for the sick. You know what churches are? Churches are where we go when we're hurting. Churches are where we go when our families can't get fixed. Churches are where we go when we're in a wilderness. Churches are where we go when our loved ones passed away and we didn't expect it. And we need God to give us revelation. Churches are where we go with addictions. I would not stand before this crowd this morning and think there's no one that battles addictions. It could be the addiction of negative thinking. It doesn't matter. An addiction is addiction. People laugh at this, but I've been addicted to food so much. I love food more than I love my husband. It's a cupcake at night or day, but I go to the cupcake. It's hilarious. You know what's hilarious is I really mean it. Cupcake day, I'm going to take that go there. Still getting deliverance. Can I get a witness? I know I love you, honey, but that frosting. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> this is your day to get unstuck. Don't look around you. When we stand before God, it's us. It's me and him. I love telling my children that. You can't go in on my coattails. There's no grandchildren in heaven. There's only children of God. If there's an area in your life that you have been stuck and you know what it is, I want you to stand to your feet and you better be real. Stuck in you wanting a promotion. Stuck in not hearing from God you want to hear him. Stuck in the enemy fighting you in negative thoughts. Yes, the Lord showed me the room that was standing. People standing. Just people standing. I'm talking about you get your breakthrough. Stuck in debt. How many people in here? Thank you, Holy Spirit. You want to get out of debt. Come on, Dave. Stand for me, baby. Come on. Seriously, let's be real. Let's be real. Let's be real. Come on. I believe we're getting ready to witness one of the greatest transfers of wealth there's ever been. And I believe that God's people are going to be the first hits. Just lift your hands to heaven right now. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this word today. I thank you that you sent me with this word. And as a minister, we always are preaching to ourselves. And God, I thank you for everyone standing right now. I apply the blood of Christ to them, the blood of Christ that literally causes them to get unstuck. You know what it is, God. Being stuck and seeing prayers not answered. I decree and declare breakthrough in that area. That there will be prayers that are answered this very week. Because of the anointing that's been in this place during worship today. Breakthroughs in the name of Jesus. 
I speak to children that are stuck in the world that are represented by mothers and fathers here today. I speak in the name of Jesus. I charge warrior angels out there of Hebrews 1.14 to let them get unstuck in the world and be stuck in the church with the body of Christ in the name of Jesus. I speak to sickness that has got people stuck, arthritis or cancer, blood diseases, inflammation, joint issues that's trying to stuck and get the people of God stuck. I command in the name of Jesus Christ, healing in this house, healing in this house. Lord, you healed our sister that was a witch, and now she was unstuck put in the kingdom and I thank you for touching backs touching feet touching joints touching every organ in the body every cell in the body I apply Isaiah 53 5 that you are not stuck in affliction anymore by the enemy I come against all generational curses all generational curses of debt, of poverty, all generational curses of addictions, all generational curses of every lie of the enemy, I command you to release the people of God. Lord, I'm seeing a great revival hit the prisons. I believe without a doubt you want a great revival to hit Wilmington, North Carolina. And I believe I am standing in the church where it will hit. Because as our leader said this morning, as our leader said, it's not about titles. I believe you're going to use the prostitutes. I believe you're going to use the drug dealers. I believe you're going to use the people on the streets, the homeless that's had an encounter with you and cause the church to step into a level of revival that Pastor Tom has prayed and Pastor Willie has prayed and Pastor Nyla has prayed and Pastor Terry has prayed for this setting. I believe, Holy Spirit, you're going to invade the homes, that you're going to heal the children that are in abuse. I speak in the name of Jesus to people that have been stuck because of the wrong that's been done to them and the people that should have protected them, abused them. Through, I thank you. Yes, Holy Spirit, thank you for healing the men here today. Healing the men that's had fathers speak lies over them. That's had fathers say, you're going to amount to nothing. I break that in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for marriages that are stuck. I command romance to enter these marriages in the name of Jesus Christ. I command women to love their husbands like they've never been loved before. I command their husbands to treasure their wives like they've never been treasured before. And I command marriages renewed. Every marriage represented in this room. Holy Spirit, you know every need of every person standing their deepest need. Jairus was stuck because he was blind. Remove the blinders off of our eyes. Every one of us. Remove the blinders so that all we can see is your word. All we can feel is your glory. All we can do is love the world 
Use us for your glory. Use us. I believe there's people here this morning that need to be born again. And I want us to pray the sinner's prayer with them. Say, Father God, I come to you this morning acknowledging you are the Messiah that you sent through Jesus. Forgive me of every sin I've ever committed. Come into my life right now. Jesus, I make you my Lord and Savior. Satan, you are stopped. Leave me alone. I am covered by the blood of Jesus. My family is covered by the blood of Jesus. I am a child of God. I will serve Jesus with every day of my life and every breath I take. I will serve you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give him praise. I believe we have miracles hit this house. Some of you need to check yourself because I know you were healed. I know you were delivered. I know you have been set free.